Fanshawe College. This is Ilhan, and I'm the multimedia reporter for the Interrobang. Welcome to the podcast. I love your outfit. Where did you get that? There was a time that was a simple question I would answer without hesitation. I would plug whatever was my favorite store at the time and keep it moving without a real care as to where my clothes actually came from. It wasn't until I began questioning how my favorite stores could update their products with new and trendier clothing so quickly and so often. It was then that I began my research into the world of fast fashion. And let me tell you, it was not pretty. According to the World Economic Forum, people bought 60% more garments in 2014 than in 2000, but only kept the clothes for half as long. In Europe, fashion companies went from an average offering of two collections per year in 2000 to five in 2011. Some brands going even further, with Zara putting out 24 collections per year and H&M offering between 12 to 16. This is why our landfills are overflowing with our excess clothing. And this is why we need to shop less and shop smart. Fashion is the second most polluting industry impacting our planet. A fact I learned watching Unbound Revival, with it recently being awarded as the best student film at the 2020 Canadian International Fashion Film Festival, you are in for an informative treat. The film explores the student perils of constructing a capstone collection during COVID nested with the extremely important message of moving to a more sustainable fashion industry. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by the director and the professor behind the film, Lauren Carrier. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for, have, for being here today. Thank you so much. It's really my honor to be here to share such wonderful news. As I was saying before our conversation, it's incredible to be a part of an institution on the cusp of so much innovation. How does it feel winning? Uh, it's a little bit overwhelming. And uh, you know, we uh, really encourage our students to dream big. And now that we're really in a situation where although we are virtual, it does really open the communication networks to have a farther reach, where we talk about sort of an international virtual space. I think with this particular film, we really took advantage of that and understood the capacity and the opportunity for us to have a voice and that our voice is not just a local one, uh, a Canadian one, but bigger than that. And with such a beautiful eco message speaking to some of the concerns that you've already shared off the top, that that let us really um, educate the world now as an international platform to get that message out. It meant that our um, capstone collection presentation that would have been in the community, uh, shared with friends and family and industry now was far more impactful and it gave a great purpose to what we were doing, which I think is incredible. And then to have it recognized on such an international playground was just a, a real honor, I think, for those students thinking myself being back in that kind of um, really uh, networking phase of a student to to be so impactful is is so incredible 
it really is an uh, incredible movie and I highly suggest anybody who hasn't seen it to stop right now, pause. You can come back to this podcast, go watch it. It's less than 15 minutes. Where can they find it? I found it on YouTube, correct? Yeah. So originally what happened is uh, it is, as I mentioned, for those of you that are familiar with Unbound, the fashion program has an annual huge fashion event. We've had it out at the airport. We've had it at Museum London, a variety of different local um, establishments. And it's anywhere from 250 to 500 people. We've grown our, our loyal followers and everyone's always so excited to see what our new themes and what the new collections look like. And it really has been kind of an epic way to close out the semester. The students share their portfolios with friends, family, and industry, as well as the collections. And of course, with this particular year, not being able to have a face-to-face -face and having the full lockdown, we ended up um, with so, so many <laughs> challenges. Uh, we had been two years in planning for our very first zero waste event. The collections had already been redirected to be as sustainable as possible. And we thought, well, that doesn't make any sense unless we are really putting our uh, putting our actions where they speak and make sure that the event was as well. We had partners in place. And so to only be, I think like six weeks out, maybe less to the actual event itself, we were a bit devastated and we're really um, trying to figure out how we would, we would redirect. And so did some deep thinking in those first <laughs> few days of lockdown, trying to figure out how I would motivate my students. And uh, everyone was back in their own workspaces. And so um, did some professional development, looked around to see what industry was doing and came across an international webinar, so to speak, that uh, a conference, a digital multimedia conference where other fashion designers were talking to each other about how they were going to pivot. And so I thought, you know, we're really not that different. We always, pride ourselves on how we are so true to industry and how we behave and what we expect in the classroom to prepare our students for graduation. So I thought, let's roll with the big boys and what they're mm -hmm. going to do, we're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I uh, turned to my colleagues in advanced filmmaking, Michelle Shipley and um, video effects, uh, Matt Brickman faculties there to ask if they would be willing to come on board and to assist because our expertise was fashion not on film and video <laughs> but together we navigated a storyline we sold it to the students both on our side and on their side uh, it was kind of a win-win for both because with lockdown their students lost their internships so we hired them essentially so they became our working crew so that facilitated their success as well and then really challenged them to do something so different with the multimedia expression mm -hmm. one of the challenges was the garments were not fully finished yet so what we were going to do to showcase so um, students were open to taking us into our personal into their personal home space and it was like mm -hmm. um, you know you don't get closer to reality tv than that no <laughs> script right to turn yep. the camera on yourself <laughs> and to feel the pain and the joy mm -hmm. and the stress of where they were I think that you can relate to those days um, oh most definitely <laughs> right and then uh and then it really challenged the video and film people to, to put into practice the skills that they had learning. So we had a beautiful fashion illustrator in this particular crew, um, Amanda Bonney, and um, she was willing to take on the task of illustrating. And then the video effects students took on the task of illustrating and bringing those to life, right? You got to see it, yeah. right? It's yes. so cool. It's something that we've never done before. And I thought it was a pretty genius way to bring it all to life. And then to work together, all of us, and to have it driven by the students, right? To have them mm -hmm. uh, edit it and to tell the story. Um, once we had it, the original um, film was uh, showcased at what would have been our usual end of semester April showcase. 
we had a watch party with a local radio station and uh, AM 980. Um, and so that was awesome because that brought in and concluded the semester and shared that kind of far and wide. But once we did, we knew we had something really special and we thought, why would we leave it here? And I started to think about what could our farther reach be now that we had this great product and started to do some research and came across these fashion film festivals and thought, let's just put it out there. So we uh, submitted to Forest City um, Film Festival, which we mm -hmm. were selected for and we screened on the 23rd of uh, this past month and then we also thought again let's go big let's why why not go, go Canada big, go home. exactly go big or go home <laughs> like we have it and what's the worst thing that's going to happen they're going to say no exactly right? so yeah. I think you know I'm like we're we're risk takers by being in the arts in the first place and mm -hmm. we had nothing left to lose I thought we had something really amazing and so we submitted uh, we lost our minds when we found out that we were selected <laughs> and then further to that found out that we were nominated for three awards, which was just like, you know, wow. for me, that's almost bigger than the award, not to diminish it, but mm -hmm. we were up against professional film houses, right? Wow. And so those students who navigated all of the creative storytelling and the technical production, um, we were nominated in the categories of best Canadian fashion film, although we didn't mm -hmm. win it. That was up against professionals. So I think they had over 700 films wow. and screened 160. So when you think about how many came in from all over the world, uh, we were in really good company. And then the other that we were up for was eco, eco message. So those were the other two categories. And then of course, took home the student, the student film. So yeah, it's just a, uh, from the, you know, you think back to uh, last March in lockdown when things seemed so heavy, kids were locked out, we weren't in class, we were pivoting to be virtual, trying to get courses back online. And then this event that had taken two years in the planning, we had so many cool ideas and things ready to roll out. Mm -hmm. It was um, a real um, testament and so proud of those students to see how um, resilient and uh, how they really turn things around, you know, that mindset mm -hmm. piece to just know yes. that they had worked so hard. And even though it doesn't look the way you might have wanted it to look, to have the perspective to understand that just because it can't move forward the way that you had intended, given these new variables, you can figure it out. And, you know, in a strange way, I do think that when we talked about having a zero waste event, we had the most zero waste event ever. <laughs> right? Exactly. Being having it online. Yeah. <laughs> We really did. And that's not to say that it's to replace face to face because, you know, a sensory experience can't be uh, it can't be replaced. It will always be an integration into what we, we have done and will continue to do. But it, but now we see the opportunity for maybe uh, something that we haven't considered in the past. So it really is an incredible journey from concept to conception or it, and it's as I said before, I highly recommend. Where could they find it? It was YouTube. Oh and yeah, also I went. I went on a huge. I would see it. You could tell I'm a professor because I never stop talking. But I love it because you gave oh. such information, so much, such important information about the film. So now that everyone's hyped about it, where okay, can they find it? Okay, I hope you're hyped. So you will go to YouTube as you have found it there, and um, you can just Google search "Unbound Revival" and you'll see the laurels next to the four, uh, 14, 15 minute film that 
is the one that you're looking for. So yeah, just Google search Unbound Revival YouTube and you will be able to see it there. Yeah. Perfect. So everybody go pause, go watch that and come back for the rest of the conversation. <laughs> so you said, was it six weeks then you had from, it was yeah, March it was, to April you were filming? It was really, yeah. Well, so what happened is we had as a digital visual piece to the uh, runway event, um, we had already a... Um, video trailer plan. So we had already pre-shot what we call a pre-mood video. That's kind of that very poetic piece, the artistic piece. Mm -hmm. So that was already something that we were working with the advanced filmmaking and video students on. So that was already content we had. Um, but the rest of it, we did not have. So I was trying to think of, well, it's great that you want to do a film, but how exactly are you going to do that when we can't be with each other, or see each other? So that's when we started to brainstorm alternative ideas. Um, so I think we were locked out or had that discussion on the Friday and I was back in the class with the students on the Monday or the Tuesday. So I used literally 48 hours to try to figure out a new solution. That's when I came across the, um, the uh, online digital multimedia conservatorium and um, came up with this as our new direction. So yeah, it, and it really started with, you know, once we were checking in on Monday with everyone, everyone was mandated, it was government restrictions. So we were to be, uh, our event was to be at Museum London. And so they let us know, of course, I already knew that that would not be an option because they'd be mm -hmm. closed. So it was trying, it was just trying to sort out like, what could we do, figure out the plan and then try to get people sell the idea to them. And again, because like you said, Fanshawe is such an incredible place. It's a passion project, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're really in, in, in it together and collaborating together. And so, um, Matt and Michelle were like, yep, just tell us what we need to do. And we're here with us and, and we'll figure it out. Right. So that's Basically the best the part. Film. <laughs> film industry. We'll yeah. figure it out. Let's yeah. get together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> How was that transition then from professor to director? Is this your first directorial debut? Yeah, strangely enough, I that's the big joke. It's like I didn't really think that my very first international award was going to be one to be directing, although my family would tell you I'm very good at directing, although that's not the word they use. <laughs> Uh, so my, um, my vision, uh, having looked at and researched many of the films that were at Canif and Forest um, City Film Festival, and then being a part of the PD over the weekend, it just opened my eyes to all the possible ways that we could have approached this. And once we kind of brainstormed as a group what content we did have and what we needed to shoot, Michelle Shipley with Advanced Filmmaking really helped with the storytelling. And then the students came on board and they scripted it. You know, it's beautiful because the um, the voice is a fashion uh, fashion student, Madeline. And so the poetry, you hear her and the poetry was scripted by them. The uh, director on site for the pre-mood piece of it, uh, again, was a fashion student. The people behind the cameras and doing the video editing, those are our video effects students. Um, the music composition for the entire thing, that is a student. The illustrations, that is a student. So everything you see is really, um, uh, technically and creatively navigated by the students. So I'm just so lucky to be working with a group that um, was so in and that was supportive and everyone had each other's backs and everyone was willing to listen to an idea and, and, and to get out of the crazy funk. You know, we could have been really just like down and out and it, it's not happening and we work so hard and how can, like, we can't go on, like I'm not even done and I'm not. So instead of doing all the knots and can't, mm -hmm. um, it, we shook things off pretty quickly, you know? And so I had to do my little 
motivational cheerleading rah 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 <laughs> speech first day in but um they they you know they pulled pulled ahead and they were like okay let's go so it was it was easy to direct and lead such a, a beautiful crew of students who when you brought them back to why we were doing it in the first place it wasn't about them and the collections necessarily it was about the message so once we got mm -hmm. back to that place of purpose then it was like okay yeah you know what let's let's go yeah i knew so many students were involved but i did not know that every single thing that i was seeing was yes. from a student and that yes. makes it that much more incredible yes, and right special. and it looks pro yes. right it, and it does 100 <laughs> i'm like that's okay. why we won that's why we won <laughs> <Absolutely>, my dear <laughs> exactly that is exactly why you won also i will have to say the poetry is beautiful the first line i have it written down here we are the creators and innovators of past challenges and future success stories. I thought that line encompassed the entirety of the film so, so well. It really puts us in the position of power and to be, it puts us, excuse me, in the position of power to be the change that we want to see as innovators, as creators. Absolutely, absolutely. And that is the underlying message. And that's why it's repeated and threaded through yes. the entire piece. Mm -hmm. Because as the poetry, we were trying to sort out how do we take all of those different elements and make it look cohesive and not have it look like it's shot in so many different times and places in terms of that timeline. We didn't want things to be an, um, an afterthought and we didn't want things to feel really staggered and sequential. We really want wanted it to be as organic as it needed to be. And we didn't want it to be depressing, right? We wanted mm -hmm. to have a very hopeful message. It was mm -hmm. about revival as it's titled Unbound and Revival. The message I think for the youth, it's so heavy, right? Right now, when you think about the external stressors and pressures that are all around you in the current pandemic, let alone what's happening to our earth. And so the message is one of hope and to say that you are the innovators and the change makers. Here is what's happening, but here's all the possibilities. And so each of the students really shared how they uh, were sustainable in the way that they were producing those collections. And that's the first part of change, right, is from the design itself is to make it different. And then to share that with the consumers to say this is what you should be looking for and thinking about. And to know that it is in that way that together you can kind of move mountains and make change. Um, and the fact that encased within this story, we did kind of come up and revive our own unbound event through this film. It's metaphor on metaphor on metaphor, right? So it, it is supposed to be uh, a really strong message for change and empowerment um, to the new youth, for the students who are coming up through their respective disciplines, right? Because sustainability is something not just specific to fashion, but in every aspect of our lives and what we do from not only shopping, but your own disciplines and how we come together. To shift gears, actually, now that you mentioned it, according to Business Insider, the U.S. sustainability market is projected to reach $150 billion in sales by 2020, with a chunk of that being from fashion. Now that there's a clear financial incentive to be sustainable in fashion, do you think more consumers and more companies are going to push towards this new model, or do you think it's more of a trend? So that that is always the question, isn't it? And then uh, the biggest question is that we are often um, 
moved or motivated uh, by dollars, by the economics of it. And so it's like the push and pull between what is the consumer willing to pay for a more sustainable product, because often the sustainable product, because it's being more, it's being ethical in terms to how it's paying its people, the mm -hmm. transparency and the textile development. It's like with anything um, in the initial onset grassroots, it may cost more, but when you have uh, a whole group of people um, behind it and willing to pay for a more quality product, what you understand is rather than spending the same amount of money over 20 fast fashion disposable pieces, I would spend the same amount over say 10 of those pieces that live and grow with me. So economically, it's how you choose to spend your money. So if you look at it, you could have the same budget you'll get less pieces, but much more quality investment pieces that would be more sustainable and would not be in our landfills. So again, educating people to all the alternatives. So I do think um, that we don't have a choice actually, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, when mm -hmm. push comes to shove because of the circumstances that we're in. Um, education is always the very first step towards a change. And now that people are being educated in the realities of the circumstances, the thing that's so beautiful is our youth uh, is uh, coming at it with eyes wide open and they will be the change makers and they will do the investment and they will demand the change and then it will become our new normal. So I don't see it as a trend. I see it as um, the industry needs to react to the consumer and the consumer is now in charge and driving and saying, this is what we want from you and find a way to make it happen. So I do think it, it's coming for sure. Yeah. I said, I hope that at some point we won't be teaching sustainable design practices in our fashion design program. You will come in and there will be no other option that in fact, we will have legislation mm -hmm. and governmental restrictions that will protect our environment by mandating that kind of sustainability in what we do. And just as you said, I do think it's the youth that are that are leading this change and will continue to lead this change. We are just creating a better connection with our clothes to tell our actual story. And I think it's a very beautiful journey. To start, where was your journey or where was your, I should say, awakening to the fast fashion industry? You've been a professor for uh, some time here at Fanshawe, if I'm not mistaken. Every article I come across says you've been here for a while. <laughs> I, I, now we're going to date me, are we? No, no I've been no, here no, forever. No, 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 no. Never, I'm an we icon. Never let a age. <laughs> we, never let a, we never tell a woman's age. Don't worry. <laughs> so, yes, I have been um, uh, with Fanshawe actually for about 20 years now, believe it or oh, not. Wow. And so I would not I'll leave that because I very see a video. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, but yes, 20 years and Unbound um, has evolved and been branded as this amazing um, student platform for them to share such an experiential learning um, with community, with friends, with family, with industry. And the um, the, the entire intention behind it was to brand it in such a way that people would just hear Unbound and begin to associate all of those different um, um, thoughts around, you know, in innovation and creativity in our fashion program. But the sustainability piece has been um, uh, something that we as a faculty are very invested and passionate about from day one. And so incrementally, it has actually uh, been a part of curriculums in all of our levels. Uh, and it was just with the 2020, um, we just thought, you know what, we need to make it shine and bring it to the forefront. It can't just be integrated in. We start need to move it in a bigger, uh, in, in a bigger way. And so this kind of has been the um, big, 
um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, risk in, and it's not so much a risk, you know, it's actually being a pioneer to say that we're willing to take the risk and we really feel strongly that we should define our program by sustainability and then maybe others will follow, right? Speaking of being pioneers, do you feel then that, where did I have, you had mentioned earlier that we're moving towards a more digital medium, and that's kind of what ignited this whole process. Do you feel now, based on your experience as a professor and also living through the pandemic, that in the fashion world, we're moving towards more live virtual shows or films like yours or digital lookbooks? Because I know you did mention that there's nothing that's going to replace that in-person connection. But of course, COVID has affected every industry. So do you feel like we're leaning towards more of a virtual fashion world or we're still going to hold on to that in-person experience? I think that when you are a creative and an innovator, you are always embracing new technologies. That's how we, if you look back through the history of time, that is how we've moved forward. And there's incredible possibility for embracing that technology. Um, that's going to, again, really open up our global reach to each other. I don't think that people are going to now, uh, even if we were to resolve a pandemic situation and move into a face-to-face, -face, I think now it will be just another tool and another technology to use, I think it will be incorporated into. So um, especially from a sustainability perspective where there was so much consumption between travel, thinking about the number of buyers um, that needed to travel across and back and forth between Europe, the number of venues, the kind of consumption and the footprint that was happening. There are more sustainable ways to reach people now. So I think it will be a really great blend and a hybrid of sort of craftsmanship and artisanship that we've used through time that will pull forward that's what makes it so special, that sensory touch and feel piece. And that will then be combined with some of these digital tools that will then get the reach to where we want it to go. So I, I think sometimes we get into a conversation of either or, and I think what we need to see is the evolution means that there's an adaptation and a coming together mm -hmm. in that way too. So I think that will really be the future. Well, I'm excited to see where fashion is headed and specifically where um, where Fanshawe's fashion is headed because we're clearly pioneers, as you had mentioned We are, earlier. we are. And so. I say to all of our students who are in now, I said, you are here in such exciting times. Literally, we are in the midst of a revolution. I really do feel um, that the world is changing and you are in the epicenter of that. What a beautiful place to be, but in the midst of learning together while things literally are changing underfoot. Mm -hmm. um, and so a bit of a, a, a renaissance, you know, you're going to look back in time and say, I was a part of that. So it opens to um, great possibilities. And so where you can really imagine something, I think mm -hmm. this is the time to imagine, right? And to really look at some future possibilities. Well, this was a necessary dose of positivity because it's been, uh, this podcast has been about the student experience and it's been a little hard. It has <laughs> so been a, hard, but this is a, this is your feel good right here. Absolutely. Exactly. This is our feel great. Not even yeah. feel good, feel yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my last question to you, any tips and tricks for somebody who is on their journey of sustainable fashion, any tips and tricks, tips and tricks, excuse me, when it comes to shopping? For sure. So there's no question that usually students are synonymous with being needing to have a budget, right? It, yes. Money is, is <laughs> budget is always it. So lots and lots of things. Um, we talk about upcycling. So right now, one of the huge trends is thrifting and having um, upcycling stores that are curating pieces. 
um, getting onto your social media, your closet can become your rotating instead of just feeling like you're keep, you keep purchasing things and then you're having landfill is to have a community. Use your social media to maybe create a closet for yourself where you can exchange with people, sell pieces in, sell pieces out with friends. Um, for sure, hit the thrift stores, upcycle things. When you are shopping, um, think about the quality of what you're buying. Really easy to kind of Google and look up sustainable currents, top sustainable companies and and follow them. Um, so yeah, that's the nice thing with your digital tools is you do have your purchase and buying power. So those that are not sustainable, if you are not um, supporting them with your purchases, then they'll have they have nowhere to 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 be in the market. And those that need your support financially, if you're purchasing from them, then that will show the demand is really there for sustainability. Well, I'm glad the power is back in the consumer's it hands. Yes. It really is. Uh, lastly, is there anything else that you'd like to add today, Lauren? I'm just um, so thrilled to be able to share again with the student community when things are really tough and it's hard, you know, when you don't have the same kind of social outlay that you might have had is to maybe flip it and think, okay, you know what, I have some quiet personal time um, to really reflect about what my purpose and meaning is and what it is that I do and how I can make a change in, in, in where I've chosen to be. Well, thank you for leaving us with that beautiful message. Guys, don't forget, follow us on Instagram. You can find our podcast on Google Play, on Spotify, and Apple Music. Talk to us. We want to hear from you. <laughs> thank you all so, so much for listening to the podcast. And thank you again, Lauren, for being a part of it. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All oh, thank you. Thank you. I hope all of you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you.